0: This is the McGregor Dementia Support Ministry Podcast, a podcast providing relevant resources to those currently walking the dementia journey with their loved ones. Today's podcast is a session that was recorded from our Alzheimer's and Dementia Seminar held here at McGregor Baptist Church on February 19th, 2022. Today's podcast session title is Evaluating Senior Living Care Options by Annalie Kruger. for coming today. My name is Anna Lee Krueger, and we're going to be talking today about evaluating senior living. Um, I started a company called Care Right Incorporated in 2011. I used to be a social worker in long-term care communities, like continuing care retirement communities, like our Shell Point. I used to run those. But 30 years ago, when I first started, they didn't have one person to do marketing, one person to do social work. <laughs> they one person did all those duties. So part of my job when I was still an employee in those continuing care communities was to do the tours with families who found themselves in crisis and they needed to make big decisions fast for their aging parents. So typical scenarios were the kids coming to the office, because mom fell, she, had, she broke her hip, and she's a caregiver to dad with dementia. The kids fly home, and they're like, oh my gosh, how are we supposed to divide our time with mom in the hospital needing to make support her and talk to physicians, but the kids were always blindsided because they didn't realize that their dad had so much dementia. Right. So the kids were like, oh, we can't leave dad home alone, but we have to be at the hospital. So what do we do? So those were typical scenarios. So the tour would only take about an hour because it's like, here's your room. Here's where you go to get rehab and here's where you get your perm. Right. Because those are kind of the three major things, (laughs) your room, your perm and your rehab. But I was spending two and three hours at a time with each family. Why is that, do you think? They didn't know what to do. They had no idea what questions to ask. They had no idea what to look for. There's, how do you think family dynamics played a part in all of this? Right? So that's, that's why it took so long to have these kind of brief family meetings. Kids didn't know if their parents had their living wills in place, if they had long-term care insurance. They didn't know if their dad was a veteran. I mean, the kids just don't know what's going on with the parents. So after 18 years of the same thing, crisis, 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 I'm like, this is exhausting for these poor kids because they don't know anything about what their parents have in order. And most families don't seem to facilitate or have their own family meetings to discuss the what-ifs of aging. So think about your own family, how many conversations, if any, have you had with your adult kids, or even with, your, with each other as spouses about, if something happens to me, here's what we have for life insurance. Here's what we have for long-term care insurance. Here's my living will. Here's my power of attorney. Here's what I don't want to have happen to me if I have a stroke. I don't want a feeding tube. I don't want dialysis. How many of you have had these types of conversations with your kids? A few, sort of, right? But it's, it's hard to have these conversations, why? Because no one wants to say, hey kids, let's gather around and have turkey and talk about end of life stuff, right? So people don't wanna have uncomfortable conversations, so they don't. But guess what happens? When there's a crisis or a dementia progression, you're forced into it. Or your kids are forced into making big decisions for you if you don't already have what I call an aging plan in place. So we're gonna talk about quite a bit of different things here today. Um, It's kind of a a smorgasbord of different topics because I know I only have you for about half an hour, so we're gonna go through a lot of different topics. It might be a lot of brain overload, but don't worry because they're recording this So hopefully I don't get the hiccups or something stupid (laughs) because they're recording all of these different presentations and then it'll be available on their website as like a podcast or something like that. So you also should have the handouts as well. Before I forget, um, I wanted to introduce Kat. Stand up. This is Kat. She is, yay! (laughs) she's like, oh my goodness. So Kat is is one of my assistants and she is helping me man the table today. And so she also, um, I don't know what I would honestly do without her, she's kind of my right hand man or woman, I guess. (laughs) So um, she's also going to be helping with at the table. I wrote a book called The Invisible Patient, The Emotional financial and physical toll of family caregivers. One of the reasons I wrote this last year is because I've literally had thousands of families, adult kids, say, I wish there was a what to do with mom and dad. Because who do you think calls me for an aging plan? The kids, and why? Because moms and dads didn't want to do this. (laughs) And guess what, now mom and dad are in a hospital or too demented to be able to have these own kind of family meetings. And the kids are are grieving their parents and they're grieving what are we supposed to do and how are we supposed to best help our family. So this is, this is a literally, and we have some that we passed around. You can see that it's really a step-by-step how to facilitate your family meeting. There's, a, there's scripts in here, there's checklists of what to look for and what to ask about when you start touring care communities. There's questions on how to interview home care companies. So if this is something that would be, appeal to you, it's available at our table. The other thing that is helpful, because remember how I told you when I had the kids in my office, they didn't know if mom and dad had a living will, power of attorney, long-term care insurance. So this is the grab-and-go binder. There's 11 tabs in here. Behind each tab, there's a suggested checklist of items to include in your binder. What do you think are two of the biggest things people forget to communicate? What? where the documents are, for sure, but how to even get into your cell phone. So what if your kids have to get into your cell phone, that little four digit or your thumb? (laughs) So what do you think is the second most forgotten thing that kids don't have any idea? Passwords, but bank box key. They'll be like, I don't know, I found a key in dad's desk drawer, but I have no idea where it goes to or which bank so this is an organizational tool to help you get all situated and like i said the tabs there's 11 tabs in here and you can take a look at this too but there's 11 tabs in here and they work also as a family meeting agenda item so you don't have to think you can just say kids this is what i have for my legal documents this is what i have for insurance here's my financial planners contact information so it's just a ready touch ready to go kind of Um, document organizer for you. So we're gonna go ahead and get started and I have my little timer thing so I don't go over. So I already did um, kind of my why, why I started my company. Families just don't communicate. They don't facilitate family meetings. The adult kids end up thrust into the role of becoming a family caregiver and that's not always very comfortable. And why do you think that is? When it's your parent, you're not used to having to take care of them. That role reversal change. You know, you're my dad and now I have to shower you. But why else is it, why else is it difficult? Family dynamics. What if there's family conflict and it never got resolved and now you have dementia or you've had a stroke and your kids have to try to all come together and figure out what to do to help you. Family dynamics is a big, big piece of that. But also it's intimidating. There's so many different levels of care. There's so many different options. Some insurance covers some things, other insurance doesn't. You know, so kids really don't know what their, what their options are for you. So it's really important to um, um, to start having these conversations with your kids. I'm gonna walk through what a Care right aging plan is. If you want to try to tackle this on your own, at least you have some ideas of what to talk about with your kids. So, what's different though is I'm a neutral, third-party person to facilitate your family meeting. That's, that's a big deal. Why do you think that's a big deal? Families don't communicate well, and it helps to bring a neutral person in to bring the whole family together. Yep, because there's too much family emotional junk that gets in the way when families have their own meetings. Or what if you tried to say, hey kids, I wanna talk to you about what I have in place, and the kids are like, no, we don't wanna talk about end of life, we don't wanna talk about this stuff, and there's too much pushback, so you quit trying, right? So this will help give you a little bit of a heads up or a tool to help you facilitate your own family meetings. When we do it, we know that most families don't communicate well. So I've been a social worker for 30 years. 30 years ago when I first started, families all lived down the street from each other. So I could go to mom and dad's house and the kids could gather around the kitchen table because everybody lived 10 minutes away. That's just not how families are right? How many of you have kids like right here or your whole family is right here? You're lucky because that's not really a typical family profile anymore. That's why I went virtual in 2012 because families live all across the country and the only way to facilitate, facilitate a family meeting was to leverage at that time Skype, okay? We need to get everybody on the same page so that How many of you have heard about kids' relationships totally crumbling and breaking during the aging process? You would hope the aging process brings families together. I'm here to tell you it does not. It absolutely does not. So we know that most families don't communicate well with each other. Most families don't know what they even need to discuss. That's why the, at least the binder is a helpful tool, because at least that tells your kids what you have in place. But most families are also in a fair amount of denial about what their, true, what their loved one's true needs really are. So we found out about that during Hurricane Irma, right? I have all these seniors who are like, Anna Lee, I don't need an aging plan because I'm gonna stay at home. And I'm like, that's great, but what's the plan of staying at home doesn't work? Or you can't get home care. And that was before the pandemic, right? Now it's hard getting care because there's such a shortage of staff. So Hurricane Irma was a good lesson for families because seniors couldn't prepare for Hurricane Irma. They couldn't get to the pharmacy to get their medications. They couldn't get to the store to get their Depends and their incontinence supplies. And a lot of kids flew their parents up north to get them out of harm's way, right? So what do you think happened a few days after Hurricane Irma? All these adult kids were calling me, and they're like, oh, now I know what you were talking about, that aging plan. Because it took them, it took the kids a few days to realize Dad can't take his pills on his own. He went four days without taking his pills. Or we didn't know that Mom's Parkinson's had progressed so much. She fell every day so far that they've been here. Or we didn't, we didn't know Dad was getting so confused because he doesn't even know who I am. So these, these things are, are what woke families up. So that's why I talk about denial. A lot of families are in denial. So we discuss as a family, I call myself you know the team, what we discuss is what's working well. So think about your home situation. What's working well right now and what's working less well. Are you a family caregiver to a spouse and you're getting burned out? Is your spouse, does your spouse have dementia and it's progressing obviously and you're having a hard, harder time knowing what care options might be available or you're just getting burned out because their needs are much more than what you can provide on your own. So, what care options do you qualify for this is the hard part for families cuz you don't probably know what you qualify for but we we know that most people want to age in place at home right nobody's goal in life nobody's bucket list item is to end up in a facility of some sort right so most people want to age in place at home We also help you determine which care communities would make sense um, based on what you can afford and where does it even make make sense to hang your hat if staying at home is no longer safe, feasible, affordable, or you simply just can't get quality home care workers because that's our biggest problem, right? People wanna stay at home, but they're assuming that they won't have any trouble trying to find workers to come into their home and properly take care of you. So where does it make sense to live if you can't stay at home? And that's why it's also really important, the pandemic underlined that as well, because how many people had to move their loved one into a care community and not even be able to tour, not be able to talk to any of the staff, they literally dropped their loved one off at the door because you couldn't go in and be like, okay, mom, I love you, good luck. I hope to see you again sometime. You have to plan ahead. Before the pandemic, a lot of these care, the quality care communities had waiting lists, some of them for months and some of them for years. So if you don't have a plan put together on where does it make sense for us to live, if we can't stay at home, you're gonna end up in whatever care community has an open bed that is available to you when that time comes or your loved one, when when the time comes for your loved one who will provide the care? So talk to, your, talk to your spouse and talk to your kids about, you know, if we need care, who, who are we going to leverage to take, care of, to take care of us? When I ask my clients, what are your goals as you age, it's always two. I want to age in place at home. But the next thing out of their mouth is, but I don't want to be a burden on my kids. But who, again, is calling me about an aging plan? It's the burned out kids. So, Who is going to take care of us? Who are we expecting to take care of us? I've had dads and moms say, well, I took care of you when you were little, so it's your turn to give back and take care of me, right? Well, that could work for a while until your care needs exceed what they can do. But maybe you don't have children that have that kind of caregiving component to their personality, and that's okay. Not everybody is wired or geared to be a caregiver, right? It's hard it's hard so who is going to provide our care and what is everybody doing now you know what are your kids doing now do you have that son or that daughter that has to keep taking what i call rescue mission flights because every time there's a hospitalization a fall a urinary tract infection they have to leave their family leave their work fly down and tend to whatever the situation is (laughs) <laughs> so that's that's who's doing what right now and how can we outsource whatever care that you might need? And what do you have for finances? How did you plan for needing care? Before COVID, um, companion care was anywhere between 21 and $28 an hour, but now it's upwards to $45 an hour. And they all have shift minimums, so you all, If you want home care, you've gotta have a four or five hour shift minimum or they can't serve you. Even if you have a four or five hour shift, if they don't have the staff to send out to your house, who's gonna provide your care? During the pandemic, sons and daughters got thrust into the role of caregiving, which was sort of okay-ish because they were home and if they lived near you, they could take care of you. But now they're starting to go back into the workforce, into their office, right? So I've had literally hundreds of sons and daughters say, well, it sort of worked out during the pandemic because I was working from home, but now I have to go back into the office and I don't know what to do because we can't find home care that's good quality. All right, so when when we work with our clients to find out, you know, we do the market research, that's actually one of the things that CAT does. So if you decide to do your own research, these are the components that you're gonna wanna look at, waiting list, camera policy, what are their prices? You know that you have to financially qualify to move into these places. You have to physically qualify and you have to cognitively qualify. So some of them, so what, what often happens is seniors wanna stay at home so long that then they no longer qualify for like assisted living and then they end up having to go into a nursing home and that's a very different look and feel. So we get all of this information. We also look at their state surveys, because there's just a lot that you need to be thinking about before you would make that move for either yourself or your loved one into what care community makes the most sense. We already talked about the grab-and-go binder and why the grab-and-go binder is critical, so that you know what you have in order, but also so that your kids know. Be watchful for memory impairment, weight loss, mood issues like depression that might be new if they have if your loved one or if you are having trouble managing your mail and you have stacks of mail at home that's probably a sign that you're needing more help than um, and there's resources for all of these solutions like there's solutions for every single one of these issues but you also want to check the refrigerator and pantry to make sure that the food's not expired right So I was at a person's apartment the other day. His milk was in there still from December. And he's like, that's okay. Leave it in there. Don't throw it out. It's still good yet. Obviously, mid-stage dementia, right? So care options. We've got home care that can help you stay at home. But again, the cost is going to be upwards of like $28 to $45 an hour, depending on where you live. We have adult daycare programs. Um, But again, you have to commit to certain days, and and you do kind of get more bang for your buck, so to speak, with adult daycare, because you're around other people. They have activities, there's socialization, versus with home care, there might just be the one companion coming out to spend time with you or go for walks with you or your loved one. Different levels of care, independent living is just that. It's just an apartment. There's no... There's nothing that goes with it. There's no care that goes with it. It's just an apartment. Assisted living, again, you have to qualify to get into assisted living, but at least there's three meals a day. There's activities. Most of these care communities have transportation. So if your loved one's no longer driving, at least they can still get out. There's memory care that is a secured memory care unit. So that's for people who are wandering or at risk of getting out of the house or getting out of the building. It's a secured unit. There's skilled nursing, which is what in the old days we used to call nursing home, but it's skilled nursing. The rehab centers, if you go and you have a broken hip and you need to get therapy, that's where you go after you've been to the hospital. Then there's hospice for end of life, um, helping you you pass with dignity and as pain-free as possible. Selecting care provider considerations, training or facilitating um, or touring facilities. We also teach our clients, we have a six page checklist that we provide our families. So in case they want to do the tours of these different care communities, you do know what to look for and what to ask about. So we talk about kind of training, what's the staff ratio? What are some of the issues that are common in your care community and how do you address those issues? Family communication. They're supposed to notify you as a family member if there's any kind of condition change. With the pandemic, that's been very difficult because most of these workers are working double shifts. So there's been a significant lack of communication back and forth with care communities. Um, Costs and fees. Do you charge an entrance fee or a deposit for the waiting list? Do you charge, um, do you have a waiting list and how long do you anticipate that is? You can imagine most of my clients come to me in crisis, right? So they might need to find a place to move very, very quickly. Well if there's a really good care community but it has a three year waiting list, guess what? You don't get to go there. Or maybe you waited so long or your loved one waited for so long that now they don't even physically qualify to get in there. Activities, look for an activity calendar. Ask for a diet, a menu, and ask for an activity calendar so that you can see kind of what would be included and how they would spend their day. Mary Daniels, have you heard of Mary Daniels? Once I tell you who she is, you probably will be like, oh yeah, that's her. So she's the one, she made national news. She's here in Florida with her husband. I think his name is Steve. He's the one that's in a memory care facility in Florida. And during the pandemic, when all of us were locked out from being able to see our loved ones, she made national news because she ended up getting a job in the kitchen so that she could see her husband. And so she worked two days a week so that she could go spend time with him and make sure that her husband was properly taken care of because he still knew who she was. Right. And so that's one of the One of the things about the pandemic when they when you shut families away from each other that's it's just not good for people and so she made national news i have a podcast i actually interviewed her for my podcast too you can find that on my website here's the link and you have all this in your packet too but um i interviewed mary and just the emotional toll that it took on her husband and herself being kept apart that's why she got a job as as a dishwasher Um, in the the care facility. So currently, are you looking for a facility for your parents or aging loved one? Do you feel overwhelmed when looking up and learning um, about each care facility's different options, knowing that they have different levels of care? Some provide one type of care and others, wow, I am doing really good. I have two minutes. (laughs) We just go, go, go. Do you feel overwhelmed just trying to sort out what options might be available to either you or your loved one? Um, that's what we do. We can help you with all of those decisions. See, <laughs> right on the money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> thanks because that's really tricky to do that. So we offer a complimentary consult, but really the takeaways are hopefully that you need to start talking about these things with your family. Um, Start this process now. Make sure you have all of your documents in order. Some of you might have done your power of attorney documents 20 years ago. Make sure that those are still updated. Are Are you living in the state that you did your documents in? Is the person that you appointed as your power of attorney still alive? Are they still able to make decisions and do you still trust them? Do you still have a relationship with that person? So even having the framework of all of your documents in order is gonna be huge, but you really wanna know that if, God forbid, something happens to your health today, that you have a plan in place so that your kids don't end up being your primary caregiver and getting burned out because that's not going to help the relationship. We also know that adult kids Um, Like I said, 58% of them end up thrust into the role of family caregiving. We also know that a lot of adult kids are helping finance their parents in one way or another, whether it's paying for care or just the time off work that's involved every time there's doctor's appointments or hospital stays. Yes. So, the question is, are there guardians for people that don't have children? That's not what we, we don't provide that, we're not guardians, but we have all of those types of resources in our network. Florida Guardians, just so that you have an idea, they are allowed to charge 85 an hour, which is good because that's a 24-7 job. So when you think about an aging plan, that's part of what we're talking about is, how do we finance all this? Do we have enough money? So we work with your financial planner, we work with your attorney, because we need to make sure everyone is working towards the same goal. If your goal is to age in place at home, how can all of us professionals work with you to help that happen? Um, But we also wanna make sure that if if there's family members, because I'm in the same boat, I don't have kids, I don't have a spouse, you need to make sure that you have someone that's gonna be your decision maker already lined up. Otherwise, it's gonna be just Joe Blow that you don't know. listening to this podcast. Please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already done so, and also please share this podcast with those that you feel would benefit from hearing it.